Hello and welcome to this special mini-series, Dry Jan Like a Sober Rebel, with me, Louisa Evans. And although I've created this especially for this dry January period, all of the episodes will help you in your first month of sobriety, no matter what the time of year. This series is designed for the sober curious or the person who's just reached a point of being exhausted and fed up with their alcohol consumption, who wants to take back control. Because that's what it needs to be. You need to take back control. It doesn't even matter if you're further along in your sobriety journey. You can still work through these episodes. I'll be imparting some really useful information to help you change your mindset around drinking so that you don't feel you're missing out. And I'll be using tips and techniques that I use in my clinic as a therapist. You need to take back control. Alcohol has had control. And we'll cover how and why that could have happened in this podcast series in order to enable you to be back in the driver's seat, making healthy and educated choices around alcohol for you. Each day, listen back in for the next instalment where I'll cover all of the topics that will bring you a good foundation to your sobriety for you to build on, because that should be what the first stages are all about. But wherever you are, even if you're coming to this on day seven or 10, still start at day one and work your way through and you can listen to them back to back if you want to. So here goes, let's get started. I will say you don't have to want to go sober forever to listen to this podcast or be at any sort of rock bottom. You could just be fed up of drinking too much and want to reassess your drinking habits. But to do that, you do need to approach this sober stint with the right mindset. And you'll hear this a lot, the right mindset. But what does that actually mean? So in this first episode, I want to talk about mindset from the perspective of my day job. I'm a cognitive behavioural hypnotherapist. And what that means is I use CBT and hypnotherapy to help people challenge and change unhelpful thoughts or behaviours. I operate a face-to-face clinic in Newent, Gloucestershire in England, where I help people break all sorts of habits alongside helping them with things like anxiety or low mood. I also help with fears and phobias, amongst other things. For those of you new to this Sober Rebel podcast or completely unaware of my backstory, I'll just tell you a brief outline here so that you have some context going forward. I'm a mum of two in my 40s and I just got to the point I was so exhausted and fed up of my nearly nightly routine of opening a bottle of wine and then finishing it. I used to joke that it would go off in the fridge overnight, but it wasn't funny. I was really fed up. Any sober days I set myself to do were really hard fought and exhausting if I managed it. And I just never thought I'd ever achieve a stint of sobriety, let alone with a mindset of enjoying the process. The day I decided I needed to take a break, I was terrified. I set myself a challenge of 30 days and I'm ashamed to say I didn't make it. That's not to say I didn't learn from this. I reset and I reset and I reset and then it stuck and it stuck in the January, dry January and I carried it through and now I'll never look back. That's not to say if you're just wanting a break, that's absolutely fine. There's nothing in this that's suddenly going to hypnotise you to stop drinking. I wish I could do that. But it's to say if you've been there and you've been trying and you're frustrated and you're wondering why you can't seem to get even 30 days under your belt, or you can get 30 days, but you're sulking, then this is a different way of doing it. 
One of the things for me right at the start was I was really scared of what it could mean if I said I needed to take a break from alcohol. And as I've just said, it took me a while to get going with my sobriety. So all of that experience of being frustrated and failing, I used it to springboard me forwards. So when I say I understand how people feel in early sobriety, I really do. I won't let myself forget what that felt like. Maybe this isn't your first dry January and you've struggled to get through it in the past. Then let's do this differently this time. Let's build those solid foundations that mean at the end of the month, you're going to make an educated decision as to how, when, or even if you want to reintroduce alcohol back into your life. You could reach a point of wanting to extend your sober stint to 90 days to get even more benefits before making a decision. Maybe you're somebody who has done dry January in the past and you've managed it, but then you find you go back to drinking in the same habitual pattern because none of your beliefs about alcohol have been challenged in that time. So let's break that cycle because whilst 30 day breaks are amazing, you want it to give you the most mentally, physically and emotionally. And you don't want to be doing what I witness a lot of people doing, surviving through the month, waiting for that moment you can have a drink again, kind of sulking. I speak from experience. I didn't manage dry January myself when I was in the throes of being a daily drinker but I did do two lengthy sober stints when I had my two daughters nine months while I was pregnant. But as soon as I could, I was back to drinking and those last few uncomfortable months of pregnancy were soothed partly by the thought that I could have the odd glass of wine once they were born. It's bonkers when I hear myself say that now, but that's the truth. So today is your day one and your motivation will be riding high. This day is going to be a breeze for you because you have all of those motivators that you really want to do this strongly in your mind. You also have what happened and how you felt over the last day or two or week or two over Christmas in your mind. So don't worry, tomorrow we're going to get stuck straight into what to do if you get a craving, but I don't think you'll have a problem tonight. See this whole month as a challenge you've set yourself that you want to win at. And winning isn't simply surviving through this month. You're going to thrive and really make positive changes to your life, even if other areas of your life aren't how you'd like them to be at the moment. I do tend to find in my clinic that usually when someone has reached a point of being fed up with their drinking and wanting to do something about it by taking a break, other areas of their life could be affected negatively already too. I'm afraid heavy drinking doesn't come alone. And so for now, let's focus on the one thing that you can do that will make the most difference across the board. Stopping drinking for this month. So what does getting the right mindset mean? I know sometimes that phrase can seem quite glib and meaningless when you hear it, especially at the start of your sobriety journey or at any time in your life, really. It seems to be banded about left, right and centre. Easy to say, but it doesn't seem easy to do. I mean, what does it mean? Even though I knew everything I know from my work as a hypnotherapist, I still struggled to get my mindset right when it came to going sober in the first instance, because alcohol is everywhere, the messaging is everywhere, and it's sort of intertwined in our society in a way that I really had underestimated. But that's what we're going to challenge. I actually had this mindset of being scared 
which is totally understandable when you think about it. I also felt really overwhelmed by what this could mean in a bigger sense. I mean, was I never going to be able to drink alcohol again if I began this process of self-reflection for 30 days? What was I going to learn? That question that any heavy drinker has pondered on from time to time would pop into my head. Was I an alcoholic? And what would it mean if I was? All of these things are understandable, but none of them were helping me. Now, I'm not suggesting you push away any thoughts like this or try not to think them, because that isn't what having a positive mindset is about. You can't do that. You can't push thoughts away. What you can do is you can acknowledge them, admit your true fears and emotions at the start of this, and then swap them and come up with more helpful cognitions to support you. So I don't talk about thought stopping. I always talk about thought swapping. One brilliant way to do this is actually, to begin with, I'd like you to commit to using pen and paper or your laptop, if you don't like writing, and begin journaling. And there really is science behind why journaling helps you. And I'm going to go into more detail on that as well as the time goes on. But for now, just trust me, it works. It helps you challenge any unhelpful thoughts as they arise. And those are the things that sabotage you. And the way that happens is this. It's called the think, feel, act cycle. And this is something I use in my clinic with clients. The think, feel, act cycle is based in neuroscience and is used a lot in cognitive behavioural therapy. It's a model that helps people to bring logic to our experiences. And I love anything that brings fact, science or logic to problems, especially when it comes to the working of our minds or bodies. My motto is always knowledge is power. Once you understand something, you can change it. And that's why I love cognitive behavioural therapy. It's the idea that your thoughts influence your behaviour and your behaviour influences your thoughts. So at its core, the think, feel, act cycle shows that what we think impacts how we feel and in turn how we feel influences how we act. And then to finish off the cycle, how we act has a knock-on effect to our thoughts again. But the key thing here is that first comes a thought. And whilst they all do influence and impact each other in one way or another, the thoughts we have kick the whole process off. And then at the other end of the spectrum, the behaviours we engage in perpetuate more of those thoughts. That could be positive or negative. So let's just consider how you can use this model to your advantage when it comes to this challenge. But also let's look at how it could have created those negative cycles in the past to understand how it works. So for the process of explanation, let's imagine that you're a drinker like I was, that drinks most days. Maybe you manage to take the odd day off, but those days seem quite hard fought for. And actually more often than not, you wake in the morning full of remorse and a bit of a bad head from drinking the night before. But you wouldn't say you have a hangover because you've got quite a good tolerance. So you vow not to drink that evening and to have the night off. Your thoughts at that point are quite berating, but you set a positive intention and then you ride that high of your promise to yourself all the way through the day until you reach about four or five o'clock when the end of the day is approaching. Then you get the thought, oh, go on, you've had a hard day. It's hot. You're tired. You deserve it. And something happens. You feel a flood of relief as the body and brain has figured out 
a quick fix. It's your bottle of wine. So then you make that decision to act. So that action of drinking then continues the cycle. The behavior continues, the negative cycle. You've not followed through on the promise you made to yourself not to drink that night. So after you've had the initial buzz from the glass of whatever it may be, the thoughts begin to berate you and become more negative. They could be calling you weak, or you may have thoughts of frustration at yourself, or your lack of what you're seeing as willpower. You then feel rubbish, your mood's affected. So what do you do? You have another glass. And so the cycle continues until you wake up in the morning with thoughts of disappointment that lead to feeling low, and the action of vowing to have a night off again. The thing is, alcohol's an addictive substance, so we need to break this cycle down throughout this month. But the good news is that the effects of alcohol only last a few days before the body is then back in homeostasis and can begin the process of repairing itself. So what we have to do is deal with the thought. And the key takeaway from this episode is that first comes a thought. So let's look at that the other way round. Maybe you wake in the morning, you have drunk the night before, you vow to have a night off. And instead of giving in to that four or five o'clock voice telling you that you deserve it, that you're tired, that you're stressed, you refuse to listen. There's slight discomfort in that, which is what we call a craving. That slight discomfort doesn't last. It can't last. At the most, you're looking at about 20 minutes, half an hour. It depends on how long you're entertaining that thought. If you're arguing with it and dismissing it in that moment, it will go. We'll talk about thought and craving techniques in the next episode. But what I want to demonstrate is if you didn't take that action, how are you then going to feel? So the thought then, slightly uncomfortable, you don't act as the behaviour. So the next thought is, I did it. What does that make you feel? Proud. How does that make you feel? And then what happens? Well, you set yourself an intention to do something healthy or good for yourself. What does that create? Thoughts of feeling wonderful. Thoughts of being in control. Thoughts of being on top of it. Thoughts of being strong. Creating more positive feelings, more positive behaviours, more positive thoughts. So whereas this cycle is often the root of negative habitual behaviours and the repeating nature of them, They can also be turned around, but first comes a thought. And the key takeaway from this episode is first comes a thought. And with everything I talk about in this podcast, this is just one approach. I'm not saying that this is the right way or the only way to do things, but if it resonates with you, then it could help you. What's really important is we can't push negative thoughts away. It's not possible. And you know, if you have ever had a thought in your mind that you really don't want to think and you try desperately to push it away and push it away and ignore it, it comes back louder and louder. And again, there's a logical reason for this. Our brains are wired and designed to keep us safe. So they're always looking for danger, emotionally or physically, and they're always trying to warn us in the form of thoughts. And the brain tends to do this by erring on the negative side and looking for problems. But the thing I always tell people is that thoughts aren't facts. They're just observations your brain is making based on repetition, what it's seen before, patterns and stories it's telling itself. Those thoughts can be challenged and changed. And I'll confess, I didn't know this for years. 
I'd have therapy myself. And the person in front of me would challenge my unhelpful cognitions. But I had this really strong idea that thoughts were just unshiftable. Maybe that was the overthinker in me or the OCD tendencies I had. But that was until I trained myself and I understood this. And that's why I share the logic behind it. Because in the past, when someone would say to me, just let it go about an unhealthy belief or a thought pattern I was having that wasn't helpful, my logical brain would go away and think, great, how? How do I do that? (laughs) And I just could not seem to work it out. Across this podcast, all of these subjects are massive. So I'm going to do my best to delve into each across the month in a way that's going to support you and give you practical tools that you can implement to help you in this month long challenge. And as I say, if you're further down the line in your sobriety, none of this is going to harm you. It'll only support you. So the practical actions from today's podcast are to start journaling and to start becoming more objective and noticing the thoughts you're having, especially if you feel that you're having a craving. And remember, the think, feel, act cycle. When words are on paper and you can begin to analyse and divert them in a more logical and less emotionally attached way, you can choose more helpful thoughts. And I'm going to come back to that topic later, but just to start that idea off. For now, I want you to take a moment to honestly assess what your thoughts are telling you about this challenge. And I want you to decide that whatever those thoughts are, that you're going to look at this month with excitement to begin to unpick this relationship you've found yourself in when it comes to alcohol. As I say, I'm coming at this from experience. At the start and when I kept resetting, I was telling myself that I hoped I could do this. And that left room in my mind for doubt. That was the thing that was sabotaging me. And if anything, habits love doubt. So I want you to change your mindset today to one of knowing that you can do this. It doesn't matter if you don't quite believe that yet. Just make sure you keep telling yourself. It's one month. Just a month. And it can make a real difference. And not only that, you're going to thrive and enjoy this process because it's going to begin some amazing changes in all areas of your life. It's so exciting to take back control, especially when you've not felt in control in the past. So let's do this. You can do this. Don't allow any sabotaging thoughts in. And I promise to come back to thought challenging as a topic. So once you've identified them on paper, we can shift them. I hope you've enjoyed this first mini episode. Enjoy your first alcohol free evening, whatever it is you're doing. If you'd like to find out more about my story, then you can head to my website, louisaevans.com, where you'll find lots of useful links, including a link to my audiobook on Audible. And you'll also find a range of hypnosis and relaxation downloads that you can try at home on there. Use code SOBERREBEL, all one word, to buy one, get one free. You may like to follow me on Instagram at Stepping Into Sobriety. All of the links are in the show notes. Thank you for listening and I'll catch you tomorrow.